Good evening, or good morning, or good afternoon, whether you're listening to this. I hope you're listening to this on the audio, because uh, we're doing pretty well in the charts. Before I start, I'm going to be a little bit braggadocious here. We, uh, we are officially first in Slovakia this week, ninth in Romania, 11th in Cyprus, 16th in the Ukraine, 15th in Argentina, and 27th in Japan. Not bad going. Top 30, top 20 in, in most of these countries. So, yeah, happy days. Happy days. Well, well done, stalemate. Yeah, it's a team effort. It's a team effort. Yeah, well done, mate. Steve, how you doing? Really good, are you? Yeah, good, mate. I, I was all right this this evening. I was getting ready to watch my team in Cyprus play in the derby against a club that we hate. A bunch of fascists. And uh, 16 minutes into the game, it gets paused for 20 minutes. And um, then they then they cancelled it. So we don't know when the next game is going to be. And the thing is, they're meant to be playing it again Thursday. But the Pope is in Cyprus and he's doing a mass that day. So they can't have the stadium two days prior or a day after. And there's going to be a game on the Sunday. So don't know when that game is going to be. They're saying it could be seven weeks time. Really? Fucking hell, it's ridiculous. But anyway, it is what it is. It is what it is. So yeah, I'm 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 better now. I've got over okay. it. The adrenaline was up there, and then it kind of dipped. So whatever. Anyway, Rodri, how you doing? Just unmute myself. Is that crackling again? You've done me head in that. That's you. It started dead early, but it's gone now. Yeah. Coming from you. Um, yeah, I'm good. You? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. It's, it's that beanbag of yours making that crackling noise. Yeah, no, it's not the beanbag. That's this is this is the comfy chair, boss. <laughs> fair enough fair enough how are you you all right yeah good you got you got Very over good. that disappointing before yeah i'm over it i'm over it all right i'm over it I'm, I'm, I'm disappointed because my team started off well started off really well but it is what it is it is what oh it yeah but there's a few yeah. bets gone down the pan down the pan yeah you sure things you know what i mean 100% 100% 100%. 100%. There's so, there's so much. I remember I did a, I did a watch along for, because my team played a, a, a conference league game against, who was it against? It was a Flora in Tallinn. And so I was doing, doing a watch along and there were people in the chat just talking and it's all in Portuguese. And I said, for anyone that understands English, what is going on here? They're like, no, we, we're in Brazil and um, we'd rather watch the watch along than on live score. Because at least we could see someone talking about the game. So all they see is like obviously a map, a three D map where the ball's going. Whereas yeah, when you why don't we talk... do that? For when? Which game? Which game do you want to do? Any any United get United games? Why don't we start doing that? See that right. fucking Oldbridge doing it? Why don't we do something like that? All right, well, let's do it then. We'll, we'll do one with United and one with City. So Steve could be talking about City. You could be talking about yeah, United. yeah, exactly, yeah. See, that's not a bad it's idea. Not... What do you reckon, Steve? Yeah. <laughs> could do, mate. Yeah. Where the, hang about where does he play next? Uh, are they Wednesday or Thursday? Because United are also Thursday, I think. Aston Villa Wednesday away. Yeah, see, that'd be difficult because obviously two different days. Unless we do one for City and one for United. Yeah, why not? If we're obviously not doing anything, if he's not working, or yeah, I'm up for that. All right, we'll, we'll, we'll discuss this afterwards. There you go. See, a little thing for for our viewers. Get them excited, I guess. <laughs> no, All right, you can watch. No, but some people enjoy it, and some people, you know, it's, some people like to do that, don't they? Like you say, yeah, yeah, hundred <coughs> percent. It's good for the viewing numbers as well. Absolutely. 
Anyway, uh, where should we start? Let's, uh, might as well just start with United-Chelsea. Or should I say Chelsea against United? One apiece. Jadon Sancho scoring his first league goal for United. Jorginho, who was at fault for the first with his miscontrol on the halfway line, became the hero with the equaliser right well, 10, 15 minutes later, if that, from, from the spot. Rod, when you saw the team lineup with Ronaldo on the subs bench, uh, Bruno Fernandes as a false nine, three in the centre of midfield. What was the first thing that, that came to your mind? Um, are you honest no, here? No. No. What are you doing? The guy's the only guy that scored. Go, that just gone, you've just gone to defend. You, you're not going to nick a goal. You, you've just gone to defend and just hope. And... You know, I can't, we, see, we all seen the argument with the, the, the well documented argument with Carrigan Keane now, and they're kind of both both right. But you've got to play Ronaldo at Chelsea away. You've you've got to. Why would you leave him out? I, I don't understand why 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 they would leave him out because you're telling me that Rashford is more. It, Rashford doesn't press more than Ronaldo. I don't care what anyone says. You know, he walks about a lot. He doesn't press as much as he should do for the age he's at. So, uh, you know, to leave Ronaldo out, come on, come on. Well, Chelsea could have been two or three goals up in the first 20 minutes, couldn't they? Well, this is, this is, what, this is what I'm saying. They've got, away, they've got away with it. But then you, you look at it and think, well, wait a minute, he took a risk there. This is it's a big risk to take. But then I'm thinking, oh, they shouldn't even be there. They shouldn't even be there. But that's another story. But yeah, I was just no. You, you can't leave. Why would you even bring him? Well, you just, you know, it's going to make a big, big fuss, and it, it has kind of caused the problem. But now he's here. You've got to play him. You've got to play him. Yeah, I'm interested, to especially in them big games. Yeah. I mean, I'm interested to know what people who are watching live are thinking about that decision. Because for me, when when I saw the team lineup, the first thing I thought was, is this Michael Carrick's way of trying to show that he's got some balls, you know, to drop Cristiano Ronaldo? It's his last game as as head coach at United, okay, interim head coach, whether you want a caretaker manager. He might as well be a caretaker, to be honest, the way that, you know, he's been going on for the past few seasons. But, you know, I saw the lineup and I thought, Bruno Fernandes is a false nine. Doesn't sit right with me. Really doesn't because he doesn't... He, he does come back to defend, but he doesn't do much. He just stays, stays behind the ball. He doesn't track a runner. He doesn't go in for challenges. All right, he's, he went for a couple. I think he got booking in one of them. But you wouldn't see him as... As you mentioned, like, like Rashford, he isn't going to press defenders or but, harry but, them. But, but still, sorry to put in, but Rashford, he, the, the, the probably poorest thing in his game is with his back to goal. He's, he's shocking. He's really bad. So the ball was just bouncing off him. So no one's going to be able to hold it up when you're trying to get out. They couldn't get out. I mean, that's just invite more pressure. So I'm sure, that, you know, it's just, it was just, you know, what do I know? But it's just my opinion. But no, no. Steve, was that a brave decision or was it what they call a uh a tactical ploy to to kind of show how United can play a, a defensive game and, and press aggressively without Ronaldo? 
Well, there's no shame in what they did, in, I don't think, and or admitting it, but they never would do uh, Manchester United. But we established between us three and Simon last week on your show, Stel, that Ole Gunnar Solskjaer has tried to succeed and win football matches, not his way, because he hasn't got a way. He's got relegated with, with Cardiff um, and, and he's been thrust, given this position, but he's tried to do the Man United way. But the Premier League has evolved. Uh, the, the big clubs are, have, have got bigger and gone past United, not in terms of status, but in terms of success. Uh, and it looks like he's looked at the model of Manchester City, who go to Stamford Bridge almost every season and play well and win a certain way and copied it, which is completely different to the Manchester United way, which has seen them 12 points off the top and only going to Solskjaer the sack. So, false nines, um, you know, inverted wingers or whatever, uh, or at least one, um, maybe getting back on the counter-attack. I think he's tried to become modern Michael Carrick and set a team up to how other teams have got success at Stamford Bridge, notably Manchester City. What about Chelsea then, guys? Because I think for them, they'd have seen that as possibly two points dropped given the opportunities that they had. I think they had 23 attempts on goal. Rudiger missed a sitter right at the end. And um, it just seems to be... Um, a problem with Chelsea's lately. We saw them against Burnley, how they were so wasteful in front of goal. Obviously, Lukaku being back is a bonus for them because they're obviously creating chances and he's a goal scorer. But let's say, for example, he picks up another injury and he's out for a sustained period of time. Where does that leave them? They can't rely on him, surely. Go on, Rod. No, no but they're always going to be in games, Chelsea, though, because they don't concede goals. So, with the quality they've got and the quality in depth, yes, they, they, they would struggle, but I'd still, they still find ways to win games because they're so good defensively. I've now got a doubt about them, lads. Oh, yeah? Um, I don't think they score enough goals through the front mouth, the front middle of the penalty area. Uh, I think City do. The City score all types of goals in the box. Liverpool score with Jota in the middle of the box. Mane coming in off the far post. But, and obviously, we know that Salah comes in from the wing, right wing, left foot. But Chelsea are absolutely crossing teams to death. Uh, and although the cross is being fired in, but it's around bodies. And, and you're going to score plenty of goals from crosses, but it's difficult than you, your bread and butter goal that might be in the box, which would be rolled through one-on-one -on -one with the keeper, which is the likes of with City getting, Sterling with tappings and things like that. I think Chelsea have got an unbelievable way of scoring goals from crosses, but it's heavy-weighted, and I don't think they score many goals other ways. Obviously, they're very good from set pieces too, which is a cross. Steve, Chelsea fans... Well, we've got as well with, with Chilwell being injured now as well, long-term. You know, a lot of thing comes on Alonso. You know, James has been brilliant this year, but they need that, that same... Same quality on the left, and they're not going to forget that with Alonso all season. So they're going to have a problem on the left hand side as well. They're all, they're all crosses. Mason Mount's the nearest thing that you can get to a number ten, but he's not a regular. He has injuries. He has he has wisdom teeth. He gets rotated, and you've got James Alonso, Chilwell, uh, Ziyech, um, you know Rudiger hitting the bar from from twenty five yards but they don't actually go through the front door, the middle of the penalty area often. And I think it'll be their Achilles heel in the end. There'll still be a, there'll still be a giant in, in, in Europe and the Premier League. But when it comes to the goals count, I don't think they score goals differently enough. And I do believe that City and Liverpool do. 
And, and you've got the, the thing, even if Lukaku's fit, he doesn't score against the top sides. So, and that's what you're going to, that's ultimately who's going to win that league out of that mini league with City, Liverpool and Chelsea. You know, City have always already got a win over over Chelsea. So, he needs to change that. Or, you know, they're not going to win the league. They, they have to beat the, the, they have to get results against Liverpool and City. The thing is, Chelsea fans will argue, and quite rightly so, that when they beat Juventus 4-0 the other day, they had four different goal scorers. Uh, two of them were defenders. It was Shalaba and, and um, Rhys James. And the other two goal scorers were Hudson-Odoi and, and Timo Werner. When does Timo Werner score goals, in all fairness? But they, judging by that, and judging by a lot of their games this season, they have got goals all over the pitch. But it seems to be that when they're playing against teams like Burnley, who are very stout defensively, like United, who are very stubborn, it's almost as if like they a Rubik's cube for them, you know, trying to solve it, solve that problem. Yeah, let me let me quantify Stelga, just in case I hadn't like explained it enough for the listeners that they score long shots, they score from set plays, probably the best in the Premier League, and they score uh, from loads of crosses. But I just don't think they score any poaching bread and butters. That's a fair point. I can't remember. When was the last time they scored a goal like that? They had, the chance, they had a chance last night. Vernon, if you just told Pokes it, but Ramasaka's yeah. got a cross. You know, them little goals where you've just got a little... You know, goals in and around the box. Yeah, I mean, they smashed Norwich. Didn't they put seven past Norwich? Mm. Yeah. You know, you know certain, teams are, certain teams are going to put to the cleanest style. Come on, they, they are a good side. They're, they're the European champions. Yeah, yeah. But, Hudson you know, and Doyle came I, in I, on the end. Liverpool and City now. I don't think they're at that level yet. No, I don't. But two points drops to the question. Have they scored more goals than City in the league this season? Well, that seven will have definitely helped. Yeah, that's a point. That's a point. Anyway, goals for, yeah, they've got 31, City got 27. So, yeah, those, those are seven against uh, <laughs> Norwich, like the big part. Oh, but, but brilliant, brilliant from head and corners in. The delivery, the position of the lads, the movement, the first contact. Brilliant from set plays. Absolutely brilliant. Okay. Let's quickly talk about this new German fellow then that's taken charge at, at Man United, Ralph Ragnick. I've heard so many different things about him, so many tales about how he's uh, he was the guy that introduced Gagan Pressing and how Thomas Tuchel is a guy that looked up to him and all these other... Great managers. Someone even said that Jurgen Klopp, but Jurgen Klopp wasn't a, isn't a disciple of his. Someone else was was a guy that Jurgen Klopp loved. Anyway, he's come to United. He's got a six month uh, managerial deal and then a two year uh, consultancy role. Is this a sign that United are actually moving with the times and actually have a structure now? Yes, that's it. Everything I I I, uh, I said. What we discussed last in last week's show, the Manchester United way ends now. It, Solskjaer's tried it. What? How long was he there, Rod Solskjaer? You know, we know he's been there eighteen years all in. But how long was he a manager? Two and a half. Was it two and a half? More, wasn't it? Well, all all his tenure, he just tried to continue the the tradition of playing academy players, which is was easy because of Rashford and Greenwood, and playing the Manchester United way. He's got in the sack. I bet he regrets it, and I think it changes now. I think they're going a different route, and they're playing catch up. 
people were saying, well, I say people, people on social media, so you can't really believe too much of that. People were saying that Ragnik had something to do with the team selection against Chelsea. The same yeah, in the earpiece, aren't they? And some are suggesting it definitely was, and some are su suggesting no chance. But Fletcher was in the dugout with an earpiece, and, and possibly he was wired up. So, what do you think changes now at United on the field? We know that Ed Woodward is moving away; he's going to be a consultant. So, I'm assuming that he will still be involved from a financial and a business side, which again I've got no problem with because. We've always said, as a businessman, he's brilliant. The financial aspect, that you can't question him. He's brought in so many commercial deals, brilliant. But from a, a footballing perspective, he's obviously not a football guy. Rangnick has obviously got both um, sides of it from a technical director perspective and a coaching style. But is this a case of, a, a, no disrespect, an old manager coming to the Premier League in a league that he doesn't quite understand with a team of players and let's be 100% honest how many of those United players can play that in inverted commas Gagan pressing system well he, he's, he's never been with elite teams he's only won one German FA Cup um, and now to transform Manchester United into um, a load of sprinters all of a sudden on, on top of their load will guarantee injuries uh, I'm sure of it um, and I think you'll, I think you'll see some cracks, and I'm not expecting it to get better quickly, just because there's a new regime, a new crack of the whip, a new face of it, and possibly a new style. I'm, I'm, I'm expecting more trauma. So, is there a chance here that the club have effectively bottled it in terms of appointing a manager now, because he's there for six months? He's there for six months, and I think we said it last week. There isn't really anyone out there available now. So they'll probably wait till the end of the season to get someone in, which obviously is what's going to happen now. So are we saying that they've just said, well, OK, he's available. He's got a reputation. He's going to be there for at least two years after the, the six months. Shall we just keep him in the, as a head coach until the end of the season when we can bring someone else in? Have they bottled it? Go on, Rod. Uh, yes. But, you know, on the other, other, other hand, you know, if there's no one available that's right, you know, it's the second best, best best option, but it is a very good option. And, you know, like, like Stead says, they, have, they are getting some structure now. They'll have an identity, a, a way to play. But I do agree with Stead, you know, when Liverpool come in, there were a lot, a lot of injuries. So, you know, I do expect a little turn. I don't expect too much drama, but... Yes, I, I do expect some injuries because to, to go from, you know, 60% to, to 100% every game, twice a week, you know, it's a lot on the body, stress on the body. And if you're not used to it, you know, certain bodies just fail. Yeah. Well, yes, some bodies will be able to be able to handle it, but, you know, most bodies won't be able to. So, yeah, there'll definitely be injuries. Yeah. All right. I've got two more questions. With regards to this appointment, first of all, he comes in, he takes a training session with his new staff. What is he going to say about the standard of players that he's got at United based on what he's used to? Well, first of all, he's going to be a technical director taking the training session and there's going to be a technical director in the training session. So um, that's, that's what, that's what I, I'll never be able to believe. 
whether he was on the earpiece of Fletcher or not. What he's doing in training sessions, I do not know. If they do get a new manager and he becomes a technical director of United, then what is the role for Fletcher? He was certainly the cheerleader and the one to get antagonised the opposition bench and fourth official yesterday. And I just don't think that he'll be able to pull it off unless they're winning football matches. Um, if he is the leader and it goes well early, then everyone will follow. But if there's some pain and some trauma, like I expect, like injuries, uh, you'll have to make some big choices in terms of formation and selection. And if you don't get the victories after that, I think the profile of Manchester United players will look at him with his one German FA Cup and never work with an elite team and go, this guy's not for us. And I'm not suggesting there'll be down tools like you do see at some football clubs in the football pyramid when they want a manager to go. I don't think there'll ever be down tools of Manchester United, but they just won't run as much as this guy wants them to and they won't play for him. Unless they're winning. OK. We've got DD. DD, <laughs> double D from the DD Footy Factory. How are you doing, Dan? I'm getting my D's mixed up now. They're stuttering. Like, <laughs> Don't worry, you won't, you won't be the first. You good? I'm all right, man. I'm all right. I'm all right. I'm all right. I just had to sort of set them out. It was a late call, so you know. No worries, Thank you for coming up. Such yeah, short notice. Um, yeah. we're, we're just delving into this Ragnick situation. And, oh, okay. uh, I've, yeah. I've just got one more question, really, to, to all three of you, actually. He's coming in as the, the interim manager for six months. And then I'm assuming he will have sole responsibility for appointing the next head coach or having an involvement in the next head coach. Now, it sounds like a really stupid question, but who do we know that can fit his football ideology? Or is he going to take a step back and say, right, we'll bring in someone that perhaps doesn't, play the style that I like, but he's progressive and can get the best out of this group of players. Because I'm looking at people like Harry Maguire and Lindelof and even Wan-Bissaka, I'm thinking, I don't think they're the kind of players that he or the next head coach are going to like, really. All right. Uh, fuck off, man. You got it? <laughs> no, I can't reach it. Oh, yeah, but uh, I would think about playing Lindelof, right? But, you know, because, or right inside, because looking at Wambasaka, he just doesn't give you anything going forward. Just look at anything on that right hand side. Because, you know, the way they, the, the way they play, the, the way his style is, you know, you know that the fullbacks are going to be high up or, or, and have a lot of workload and be attacking and, and have good ass, assist play and, and crosses and I don't see that with Abisaka. I just don't uh, I've just seen enough of him now yes he's defensively he's, he's good but you know, going forward I'll say it again he crosses the ball like he's got flippers on he cannot cross the ball <laughs> it's you know for a professional footballer he just puts his head down and just like side puts it he just doesn't there's no shape to him there's no I don't know if they've ever done crossing with him or I'm pretty sure they have, but you know, when the game's flowing and the game's going, you just can't find a man or there's never a quality cross. And it's just frustrating because um, he does get a lot of the ball. 
Hey, but, um, uh, go on, come. Now, to answer your question, Harry Maguire played well all... Say played well, he did well all last year. He's had a bad run. And, you know, he's not recovering from it yet, from his injury. And, you know, we'll say it again, he needs someone that's decent next to him, i.e. a Varane, not a Lindelof. We've seen the result for Lindelof. It doesn't work. They're both the same. You know, Bailly and, and Lindelof look more of a partnership than Lindelof and, and Maguire. So I don't, I don't see the uh, the persistence of of playing Lindelof and Maguire together when Bailly sat there. Hey, uh, you listen. People are going to say, "Oh, here he comes again, Mister Happy, Happy Bollocks." But I'm, I'm, there's something about this that doesn't excite me. There's something about this. You know when you when you see all these people on social media saying, yeah, yeah like, there's a change. Da, 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 da. I'm like, okay, well, the proof is in the pudding. Okay? We've seen technical directors come to clubs and they fucked off. We've seen technical directors turn up and they've done a, a reasonably good job and, you know, everything's rosy until, bang, one or two players show their asses again and it's back to square one. What, what do you envisage happening at United? Because... I see loads of people on social media, again, wrong place to gauge things because everyone's got some kind of weird opinion. Um, I'm seeing people doing cartwheels, literally, especially on Twitter. That's what I was going to say. I don't don't get it. That's what I was going to say. Everyone's a um, Bundesliga expert now. Oh, yes. And an an expert in... um, They've got a a first... They've got a degree in the Gegenbrust. And apparently he told Jurgen Klopp it. Don't get twisted. Klopp looks up to him, but apparently Klopp he wasn't. Ex- he wasn't Klopp, Klopp, wasn't Klopp wouldn't exist if it was because of Ragnick and all this and Tuch all this and whatnot. Everyone's an expert now. Even though I know some of the people, and I won't name names, I know they don't watch Bundesliga. I don't really know anything about him before because when other clubs were leaked, they had nothing to say. But is what it is. But yeah, he'll take charge for the rest of the season. He'll get them. He likes to press from the front. So there's rumours, people are saying that, oh, that we hadn't taken the job yet. It was him that told them to bench Cristiano for the Chelsea game and all this, blah, blah, blah. All, the, all, these, all these things coming out. All the, the conspiracy theories, every, everyone's out there. Um, but yeah, he'll go upstairs. Um, but as you're saying, I don't know who they could get. There's nobody available that I think could come in and do... And just continue on rather in terms of what he's going to bring um, to United, to be perfectly honest. So a lot of people are excited, but I really don't know who the name would be. Maybe, 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 I don't think they can prime away from Ajax, but maybe Ten Hag. And I say maybe, that's a very, very big maybe, I have to say. But um, we'll, we'll, we'll see, because I don't see Zidane so wanting it, and his wife doesn't want to live in. England anyway um, I really don't know who that they could get United to be perfectly honest but everyone's excited you know what's, you know what's Steph, decide, Steph, sorry. who is the ideal manager who, who is it no, we've, been, we've gone down Van Gaal we've gone down Jose Marino we've got uh, someone who knows the, the, the club of Manchester United, but obviously not, not the qualities of coach that, that should be at, at Man United, but has kind of changed it to bring kind of Man United players in. They just need the coach now to, to sort it out because there is a team there. 
Yes, we probably need one or two more players, but there is a team there because, you know, you don't come second in the Premier League and then add Sancho, Varane and Ronaldo and become a, a bad team. You're surely going to get better from that. So, but it's just the, the, well, Roy the, King said that Man United are our cup team. Well, that's where they're at the minute. That's you know, that's where they're at. He's not, he's not lying. They, no, they, they, no, this he's year, last, pardon. He's, he's round. He's, 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 he, they weren't a cup team in in the summer when they signed Ronaldo, and there was the fanfare, and, no, was, and exactly. you know, <laughs> right, all of a sudden. Minute. All of us, yeah, you're right, Rod. With that, all of a sudden they're a cup team, but they weren't a cup team four months ago when Manchester shut down. He, he came to win the league. Yeah, yeah, I do agree with that. Yeah, definitely come to win the league. Keen's, yes, Keen, not, probably, Keen's talking like he, yes, probably not this year, but next year. But yeah, he has come to win the league. He's not come to win cups. Do me a favour. Couldn't even play in the Carling Cup, does he? No, he's just he, what the argument there. He's just trying to say face Keen. He's just arguing for the sake of arguing, but he got it kind of I, kind of right. But he's wrong. Kind of right, but yeah, I love him. But if he if he'd have said that Man United were a cup team in the summer, then he's right. But the fact that he's saying it now, there was an absolute fanfare. Manchester came to a stand, and more. England came to a standstill when Ronaldo signed for United because they thought they'd turn City over and they were bringing him home to win the league. Twenty one mm -hmm. is coming. You see it on all these fan casts. Twenty one is coming. Yeah, you know, he's he's a bit naive as well, you know, saying you know a boys club, wink wink. We've got we've, we've always said that on here, but in that with everyone, you know, he's he's in the boys club at Salford when he's on his boys. You know, when he goes watching uh, Salford City with the, the class of '92, it's all in the boys club when they're in the, they're having a joke and a laugh. That's what you do. You you bring your mates in, but maybe because he's a bit pissed off, he's not in that club, uh, and he and he wants to be in that club. So you know he's. Yeah, he's, he's having a go, and rightly so, because you know Michael Carrick and the rest of them should—they were a team. So if one goes, you all go. You know, we've, we've already been through that. But yeah, he's just—I uh, think he was just arguing to to save face. But they were both right. The No Roy Keane Club. First, he was booted out of the Island 2002 World Cup club, and he's, he's not allowed in the Man United class of '92 club. Or, you know, um, <laughs> let, let's move on to another game here, Steve. City, 2-1 victory over West Ham. Fernandinho scoring what proved to be the winning goal. Horrible conditions, but City just keep plodding away, don't they? They do. And um, should be mentioned without De Bruyne, Grealish and Foden, you know, the, the, the three um, best attacking players, I think, in all fairness. Um, but they've obviously got so much to back it up. They're all starters. Nobody comes in from the cold. They're all world-class players. And... Um, it felt like it was routine at one point, but obviously West Ham scored very late with a great goal um, and we were waiting for the referee's final whistle, but a really good three points and uh, victory victory more important than anything, uh, but, but happy to play quite well. But of course, they will need to play better and I'm sure they will do. Mm. And Guardiola was very, very complimentary to uh, Lee Jackson. <laughs> yeah, for his work at half time, the ground. Yeah, he, yeah. Well, he, yeah, Lee's a good friend of mine, and he, yeah, he, he sent me all the audios and all the sound bites. Yeah, so I, I was, I was on that one. But yeah, and when you consider that, you know, it just shows you the, 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 the club, what the club has got, because only thirty five mile down the road at Burnley, under the same conditions, the game never got started, and they didn't have, well, they didn't have enough shovels or anything like that. But City had it done in ten minutes at half time, which is. 
obviously, you know, the, the, the help of the wealth. D, what do you make of West Ham then? A lot of people were saying at the beginning of the season, well, should I say the first five or six games of the season, that they could effectively fight for that top four spot. Um, do you know what? I, I said it a couple of seasons ago that West Ham one day would be able to challenge for that top four spot because of the size of the club in terms of the fan base, in terms of the stadium, in terms of the, the right investment, and especially if they've got the right manager. That being said, the gap just seems to be getting bigger and bigger, doesn't it? Yeah, no. Nah. If West Ham was serious, I know back in January they tried to get um, Patson Dakar. That's obviously at Leicester, at Leicester now, but they needed someone to back up Antonio because they have to manage him, his minutes, and with them being in Europe as well every week. And they've brought Gerard Bowen up there as a false nine. They've used Yarmolenko sometimes, but it's, it, it's not enough. They needed more goals in the team because the thing is this season as well, West Ham can see them more this season as well. Um, so, yeah, I didn't think top four wasn't ever in the question for me this season, but a couple more. Losing Obono is huge because him and Zuma, though Zuma's not been, only been there a short time, seem to have a good partnership going, both of them very good in the air. But... Yeah, I just didn't, I didn't see I didn't see enough there, but they've they've got through their group in Europe quite well, so we'll see. But it just seems they're not they have to make sure the teams that finished below them last season they've got to make sure they take care of them because by Liverpool and they deserve to be us doesn't look like in those big big games that they're going to have enough so you need to make sure they beat everybody else up and they'll be okay. I don't think think they can finish high in sixth though. What's happened to to Suchet? No, they could finish five. Actually, they could finish fifth. They could yeah. finish fifth. Actually, maybe. What's happened to um? What's happened? What's happened to Suchek? He's he's gone a bit quiet. Ben has well, gone quiet. Is he not getting UFPL points though? No. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, Sumo, Su, that's not Suchek. Obviously, bags goals. He's good in the air as well. But that's not. He's the he's the their box to box guy. So him not scoring for now isn't really... Others should be stepping up. Bowen's missed some sitters this season. Antonio's gone kind of cold. Has he even scored since he scored the winner against Tottenham? They just need more They just need more goals. Otherwise, they're not going to beat people. They beat Liverpool and then they've lost to City. They've got a worldie, as Steve said, basically the last kick of the game um, from Lanzini. But they just they just need more... Attack-wise, they have to go into the market in January because you know Antonio is going to have games where he pulls up or whatever. And with them getting through to the knockout stages in Europe, they just need more. They need to make this. They need another option up top, like an out-and-out out, right um, guy up top. But now Moise is doing a good. Moise is doing a good job, but no one foresaw what they would do last season. Um, hopefully for them, Cresswell isn't going to be out for too long because for me, he's their most important player whether he plays at any natural left-back position or on the left side of a three, if they play a three. I think he's a savagely underrated player and probably only age, because I think he's about 31 now, is why he has not been in the England setup because Chris Hall's a good player. But um, we'll see. And don't be surprised if Ariola takes Fabianski's place as the number one keeper within the next couple of months either. Yeah, I think Richard Cresswell's got a uh, Leighton Bain syndrome, isn't he? You know, <laughs> reliable club level, really got an opportunity at international level. Mm -hmm. I guess. 
Mm. Yeah, yeah. Um, I want to pose this question to all three of you, gents. Brighton, uh, sorry, Brentford beat Everton 1-0. Another good result from Brentford. It seems to be uh, the norm these days. But then again, when you see a team coming up to the Premier League, they always seem to get good results, especially at home. But Rafa Benitez said that he could understand his fans' frustrations. I don't know if you guys saw the video um, that emerged from the Everton end, but the players were applauding them at full time. As soon as they started applauding them, the fans were telling them to fuck off. It was it was savage. And a lot of the players stopped and they just could not believe what they were seeing. One or two of them were still applauding, but like a half-hearted thing. But they got a lot of abuse. Um, it, it, it's not a good sign, is it, for Benitez? Not with the, not with the Wednesday's fixture against Liverpool. Um, if that's a drubbing, which it could be, um, I think I, I don't speak for us all um, necessarily, but suggesting it should be a Liverpool victory. But if that gets out of hand, that could be that that that, that could be nasty for Benitez. I think I think he's okay. free. No, sorry. go on, go on, man. No, I totally agree. What what Stas says, um, you know, if, if it's if it goes into like the three or fours, yeah, it's it's going to turn nasty pretty quickly. It's always going to happen when yeah. when Everton have a bad run. You're always going to get a group of Everton fans that don't want him. So yeah, they're going to be loud. But you know, you never know. You never know. Um, he's. I think he's the favourite as the next manager. Um, to leave club, um, to leave their club rather. They had a, they had a good start. They got some. They got a good win away at Leeds. Um, they thumped who? Ah, Burnley, Burnley, didn't they? Jamal Gray was scoring and Joshua scoring. But since that draw away at um, Old Trafford, they've just been. They've not been on it. They've got a few injuries. They desperately need Calvert Lewin back. But they're not creating as many chances as they were early on in the season. And yeah, as you're saying, if a lot of the fans, fans have a lot of power nowadays with social media and everything. A lot of the fans, because of obviously his ties with Liverpool, did not want him to be their manager in the first place. And if we beat them on Wednesday in Derby, it could be. Yeah, it could be on the line for him. Uh, his job could be on the he line. Of in 10. Yeah. He's in 10 league games. Mm. That does not look good at all. Not at all. After starting off so well. But, um, yeah, they're, they're another team as well. It seems crazy because if you go to like last five years or so, Everton has spent a decent amount of money, but their squad is not good enough either. A decent amount of money. They, they've spent a fucking shed load for a club their size. <laughs> I'm, I'm including the fact they got 75 from you lot for Lukaku. But yeah, they've spent a lot. They've spent a lot of money. It's, it's so, crazy. um... Absolutely crazy. And the squad's still not, still not good enough. No, no, not at all. Does anyone want to tell me what Andrus Townsend was thinking giving away the penalty like that? He was auditioning for Vince McMahon. <laughs> Drop kicks, right? How did the referee not see? But how did the referee and Lansman not see that in normal play? I called penalty as soon as I saw it. He had to go to VAR. It was always going to be given. It's crazy, absolutely crazy. I don't understand how a player with that much experience can. I don't know, Steve. Can can you make head or tail of that? 
No, just a little bit of panic in the penalty area. Not used to being back there, maybe, in, in your own box. Although he puts the leg work in, but just trying to get the ball clear, wasn't he? But um, no, I don't know. I don't know. I think he was just trying to hook it away, was he not? I, I, pass. <laughs> His eyes were on the ball. Yeah, yeah, fair. exactly. Just just getting the ball away from danger and not knowing, you know, you've got no time in the back. Like, it was a bit like one Bissaka one. Yeah, it was. Blind side and he was trying to clear the ball. Yeah, I can, you can forgive that. You just, want yeah. to, you just want to get the ball out of your box on the volley. You're not, you, you know, as quick as you can, especially when you're Everton. You know, you're not going to bring the ball down and have comfort with it, like, 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 say, City, for instance. I think you just want Hook to just get height and distance. I don't think, I think you're oblivious to know what's around you sometimes. Not yeah, ideal. I and I agree with Dee. I don't know if he missed it. He's volleyed him in the head. <laughs> <laughs> He's volleyed him in the head. Cracking penalty, though, from Tony. Mm. He outfoxed him, didn't it? Because Pickford, Pickford's good at penalties. We saw how he outfoxed um, Jorginho in the Euros final. Because, you know, keepers usually move and Jorginho will do his little hop, skip and a jump and, and, and then put it in. But he tried to stay in that with him. But Tony, that's, that's his technique. And even when keepers go the right way, because he, he always finds the corner, he's not going to save it. So, in the end, I don't even think... Pickford took maybe a slight little step to his left and then he just slapped it in the corner. Soon it'll be, um, it'll be, it'll be unfashionable to smash a penalty. You have to look at the keeper while you're taking the penalty. Mm. Just, yeah, yeah. So it's the fashionable thing to do at the minute, isn't it? True. All right, uh, very quickly, Arsenal beat Newcastle 2 0. Uh, Aubameyang missed a sitter though from, from four yards out, but Saka got on the score sheet, as did Martinelli. And all of a sudden, Arsenal Twitter exploded with the uh, you know, they, they just all over. It doesn't need it, 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 his first goal in like three months. It, it doesn't take much for Arsenal's Twitter to explode, does it? True, true. But um, good result for Arsenal. Good uh, um, victory, to be fair, against uh, Rodri's mate, um, who was on the bench after coming back from, from COVID. But I think, again, Newcastle just... They just lack that potency in front of goal, don't they, in these games? They played some more right stuff um, at times, Newcastle. But as you're saying, they lack that. But to be honest, they, they've had it that for a few seasons. But last season, Callum Wilson came in fed off of scraps and still got a good amount of goals for them. Um, but that's just generally how it is. But you can see what how wants to do. It's just that he hasn't necessarily got the individuals to carry it out. He's going to use Shelby and Joe Linton as focal points. He's spoken um, quite well of them. And um, we'll see. we'll see what they can do. They have to beat Norwich. They have to beat Norwich tomorrow. That's massive, 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 massive game. Because otherwise, with all that money, these guys will end up in the championship because each game that goes by, that's another three points gone. But I thought they were okay against Arsenal until Saka got that goal. Um, but yeah, just not enough. They need more. They need more up front, man. Boys, let's quickly talk about Brighton nil. Leeds United, and I'm here for this one because I know, not, <laughs> I know yeah, exactly. That's, that's the first one. Brighton fans booing their head coach, or they just booing their team off. 
after a draw. And even even Potter said, like, you know, I'm I'm a bit perplexed with the reaction because you know the performance was fantastic against a team that likes to dominate possession. Uh, they didn't do that today, and um, they're entitled to their opinions, but I completely disagree with them. We're sitting eighth in the Premier League, but maybe I need a history lesson of this football club. That's got this is football heritage written all over it, doesn't it? Anyone? Someone? Yeah. What do what do Brighton want? What do they want? Like you say, they they want Rodri to leave. (laughs) (laughs) Brighton fans have annoyed him. What do you want? (laughs) All that Potter slander has come back. Are you not entertained? (laughs) You got no fans. Steve, do you want to finish what Ron was doing? Well, I don't know what he was going to say, but I think Graham Potter makes really good sense and really good points to that. Um, he obviously felt justified, the old bank account model. He feels in credit to say what he wants. And that uh, a reminder, of, you know, to give a history lesson of where Brighton are, it's nosebleed material, really. Um, I don't know, mate. I, maybe he should have shown the class that he's shown all the time by um, rising above it and not mentioning it, but he obviously felt that he needed to. I don't know what you did there, Rod. <laughs> Brighton, did it, Brighton fans didn't want me to leave, though. <laughs> so, no, well, yeah, what do they want? It's just ridiculous. They're eighth or ninth. Yes, they, they, you know, they played well as well. That Lampsey, I would snatch him up if I, if I was United. You know, he's... If he wasn't, if James wasn't so good, he'd be Chelsea's right back. No doubt about that. Yeah. Did he come from their academy? Hold on a second. Yeah. Chelsea. Yeah. 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 Chelsea. Yeah. He, he ran Junior Furpo ragged. They had to drag him. He was, he would have got sent off. He, had, he was Mate, just he's a terrible fullback, though. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, like, like that other one that Spurs signed from, from Barcelona. What's his name? Oh, Emerson Royal. Funny yeah. enough, Furpo and Royal both were on loan at Betis at yeah. different times, and they, they both looked all right there, but well, um, frequently, frequently caught up. But yeah, Brighton is so wasteful, man. They play such good football, but they're just so wasteful. It's just it's just going to be a, a common theme for me saying they need more up top. I'm sounding like a broken record here. I'm saying it for literally like half the teams in, in the league, but more Mope, Jesus Christ, man. Is it, is, they did have some good chances, or they, they did have some really, really good chances. There, there was one, everyone missed it. Mopey was like six yards from goal and kicked it into Rose Ends. It's like, ah, mm-hmm. oh, so frustrating watching them. But yeah. and then Luigi was nicked it in the end, but for a couple of good saves by um, Robert Sanchez. But I was kind of disappointed with that game. Did you mean how good? So, uh, good, how good the football both teams usually play? They both gave the ball away a lot. And, no, but I like I like the way Potter shut down the fans after the game. Football heritage, because where were you before? Uh, under Hutton, you'd have a good run, and then you'd end up lose a lot. Okay, wouldn't win for like 10, 15 games, and you'll finish the season in like sixteenth, sometimes even seventeenth. And you're complaining when a few weeks ago when they played Palace, they could have gone top of the league when they drew one one with them and you're complaining. I don't obviously they've not won. Is it six or seven league games not won now? But a lot of those games have been draws. If you're losing all of them, then I understand. 
Yeah, good comment there from Sean. Leeds do miss Bamford. They've got, they've got a bag of injuries. Alien out. Was that the save? Play tonight against City Reserves. Okay. Him okay. and Ailing both play tonight. Yeah, yeah. Palmer scored in the last minute, 3-2. Okay, okay. Well, I just want to draw you, your attention to something. Uh, this. Can you see that? That's Bielsa giving out instructions. So I'm assuming that he speaks English. When he wants to. When he wants to. So what's, what's going on with this guy? Because I know people are going to say to me, I know they've had injuries and they've had Bamford's injured. And... Why have they got injuries? Hmm? Why have they got injuries? Because he runs them to the fucking ground. They're like what he did with other clubs. Which is what we said might happen with Manchester United, but does happen with Leeds. Oh, but we said this would happen with Bielsa when they got promoted. We said yeah. that's one of the main things. That it's a well, common, a common thing. Got a big, big enough squad to rotate. That's the problem. Big but whose fault is that, though? Lads, why have they not got a centre-forward? Why have they not got another centre-forward other than Bamford? Club of that size, they've had enough time to grow and develop. They did great getting up. They, they excited us with their, their, their um, almost freestyle of, almost like, you know, we'll, we'll try and outscore you, we'll try and outrun you, and we'll see where it takes us. But now they've been left without Bamford, and they've got to play Daniel James up front as a centre-forward. Where is the depth? <laughs> But this is it. Like, what, what I'm trying to say is that surely beginning of the season or at the end of the last season, we also saw his squad and thought, right, th there is a chance that these players will get burnt out. So I need a bigger squad, right? And this summer, they brought in four players. They brought in Dan James for close to 30 million, Jack Harrison for 12, I think it was, Junior Furpo, as mentioned, for like 14, and, and Christopher Clayson, a, a goalkeeper. Yeah. So... How can you prepare for your second season in the Premier League knowing full well that you've got one recognised striker? Exactly. You've got Rafinha, who's obviously their best their best player. You know, mm -hmm. that, that's for me anyway. Okay, they've, they've got you know Calvin Phillips, but he's he's gone downhill. He's he's nursing a shiner as well. I don't know what happened with him. Whether he got into a fight or something. So what what is the the plan? And look, I'm one of these people that I don't like all these hipsters on, on social media. Do you know what I mean? There's a thing about Roma, a thing about Dortmund, a thing about Napoli, underachieving clubs. And Bielsa is one of these guys who you hear time and time again, oh, he, you know, he, he's a mentor to so many managers and people have written books about him and this and that. I'm thinking, great, fantastic. You've got a lovely legacy there. But what have you won in your career? He's won one Argentinian Cup. And I think the, the, the Spanish Cup with... with uh, um, Bilbao, I think, if I'm not mistaken. What has he done to be this genius fucking manager? And you can see him now. His team is struggling. His players are struggling. And they're down at the bottom. And going down. Totally agree. Everything you've said, Stel, totally agree. Completely. He wouldn't, he wouldn't get these superlatives about him if he was a rival. He's older. He is a nice fella, presumably. But he is no threat to the top four guys. Everybody's happy to say nice things about him. If he was on their shoulder, he wouldn't get the superlatives. Dee, what do you make of this guy? Please uh, tell me. Tell me I'm wrong. Tell me. Just tell me something to make me think that I am wrong. Please. No, a lot of what you said is the truth there. But of, um, I think it's more in regards to the. Um, philosophy 
why, as you said, some might call those people hipsters, but in terms of his philosophy, and obviously the peps, etc., numerous people talk to him and then they develop their own versions of it or whatever. But um, yeah, the squad, they have, they have to get more. If you've spent 30 million on Daniel James, then that means you had enough there. They spent about 28 or 30 on Rodrigo at the start of last season. So there was enough there for them to get a forward. So they should have, they should have gone into the market. Um, they no, have to, they no, have to in general. There's, no, there's no excuse because we always hear when you get promoted to the Premier League, it's the 500 million pound windfall. It's this, mm-hmm. it's that. Do Leeds have a massive wage bill that they, they can't cope with one season in the Premier League? They, 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 did they get done for FFP? Um, well, under the previous regime? No, for... Isn't it, well, it, might, it might be penalised from the last regime, but they get done for FFP and have to let some people go. So let Kemar Roof go, Peacock, Farrell and whatnot. They, they have to let some people go because some money issue or something like that. So maybe they do give people ridiculous wages. I don't know, but there's something going on there. No, it doesn't, doesn't make Risdale and under the, the previous Italian it, lot because it doesn't make any because it doesn't make any sense. Well, they're saying apparently, according to the Athletic, Leeds lost 62 million during the 2019 season. That was the year that they got promoted into the Premier League. Yeah, but 62 million. Okay, they've lost that money, but getting promoted into the Premier League, how much does that give you? You get yeah. at least 100 million for staying in the Premier League. So you mean to tell me that they can't, you know, listen, even if, even if they don't have a massive amount of money to spend, how the fuck can Sean Dyche find a few bargains here and there? How? And if Bielsa is this magician that so many managers rate, right, and so many scouts love and this and that, surely they can say to him, Marcelo, look, we've got this player in Spain. He's a decent player. We've got this player. He's dirt cheap. You can get him on loan. He's not even using loans. So I don't feel sorry for him. Me He's neither. An experienced manager. Me neither. I'm sorry. I'm the same I'm as sorry. you, man. Totally echoed. I'm sorry. I, I don't. I, I don't buy it. Oh, sorry. He, he didn't he win the Olympics with Argentina or something like that. That's that's another one. I think. I think. Yeah, he's no Graham Potter. He's not. No. <laughs> Graham Potter may lead to top eighteen. Uh... <laughs> with the finances that they got in comparison to Brighton, to talk about how much money they spent in the summer. They're, they're, everyone, everyone's struggling. They're Brighton screaming out for a forward. You know, mm-hmm. that their centre forward has played the bar from. Hey, it's, it's a recurring theme through the league, and that is why, guys, well, what is it? Who is it? It's the top three and Wolves. The rest of the league have negative goal differences, and that's why because a lot of the teams have the same problem not enough up top. Well, because we're not developing, we're not developing through academies, but that's another topic for another day. There you go. Um, well, look, put it aside, um. Last what was it last season? They spent I think six million, seven million, if I'm not mistaken. Brighton, I think they spent six or seven million pound last season in the summer, and this season they spent about forty. So they spent forty odd million to get up a few places, right? Leeds, on the other hand, I'm sorry again. I know Rod's going to come back in. He's probably going to disagree with me, so I'm just waiting for him to come out. Why would Leeds spend £26 million on Dan James? Unless, unless 
They feel they can sell him on for more money in the future. Well, United, United have done that. To his credit, yep. he, he went to United for, and United overpaid. He mm -hmm. had a good win ratio next to his name. Good, mm -hmm. fair, fair play to the lad. He got better all the time, but was never good enough. And United almost what, did they double the money. So it was, it was the correct. It was the correct. He's ended up being correct. I don't see Leeds doubling the money. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. Okay, we're done with that one. Let's get them out of the way. <laughs> um, D, your boys, 4-0 mm -hmm. victory. I don't really think there's much to discuss in all fairness. You know, four goals, obviously, but yeah. it just seemed routine, didn't it? Like a training game. Well, so, so I've, so I've, it's going to happen when you play the high line. It happens with Liverpool and City. But City have handled it much better than Liverpool have this season. When you, you They're going to get in sometimes when you play a high line, when you squeeze it in, you're sometimes near the halfway line. So before, though we scored in two minutes, I've had to almost score before that. And they had one or two other chances where um, Alisson did well. But outside of that, Liverpool played some really good stuff going forward as they have all the season. This is why they, they've broke the record for scoring at least two goals in a game in a row. I think it was Sunderland in the 30s or something like that, the record that they've broke. But yeah, Liverpool look like they're going to score against a couple against anybody. So once, obviously, everything's in tune because he started Canate at the back with Van Dijk and he's still learning the line. So he got caught out once or twice. But bar that, some lovely stuff going forward. Andy Robertson was brilliant. You must have heard British talk on Twitter about him being finished. Um, all these people, I'm not going to name names though, but still there's a couple of them that have been cussing Thiago. Though Thiago and Fabinho, when they played together in midfield for Liverpool, Liverpool haven't lost. Um, people say he's a dud now. He's scored in consecutive games. The timeline's quiet. So we'll see. But as we said still, when we did, whether it's been on air or um, when we did FPL War, we're going to find out. On the DD footy pod. If you've all on the pot, there you go. Look at this product integration. This is, <laughs> um, what, like, this is what we were know? talking about the other day after the Arsenal game. You can't give him five yard space, he'll destroy you. <laughs> we'll kill him, but we'll find out whether or not Liverpool are going to stick this out this season in this title race with Manchester City and Chelsea, depending on what they do when Mane and Salah go to the African nations. Because with all these things of travel and whatnot, they could miss up to six weeks. And um, the fixtures are okay we have around there, though obviously games that I want to pick apart from Chelsea. We've got Chelsea in there. So the Jotters, the Minaminos, they're going to have to step up. Ox is going to have to step up with them runs from midfield. And if we can get through that unscathed, then this, free, this could be a really exciting three-horse race. But at the moment, we've just got to do... Mate, I, I don't think okay, they, they will be a, a, a big loss to Liverpool, don't get me wrong, but I don't think it will be like a monumental loss for them. We saw how Liverpool got into the top four last season with barely a back, back line, you know, and granted, they were getting goals from those guys, but as we've seen, the likes of Minamino can come off the bench and score goals, um, you know, even Origi, for fuck's sake. You know, people laugh, but this guy scored some important goals for Liverpool, man. The back of them, that's why I don't get twisted. I wanted him sold after we won the Champions League because you're meant to be an impact guy and his goal the other day against West Ham was his first goal off the bench since that Champions League final in 2019. But um, he, he can do a bit, but he has to be used in the middle. Klopp likes to use him 
um, the left or the right, so inside forward, you have to be used down the middle. And we can see what he can do. Jota can play anywhere across the front. Not he's been brilliant. Um, these sometimes better decision making in the final third, but the runs that he make makes really good runs in there. So we'll we'll see, we'll see. But obviously, we need to send the defenders to stay fit. So Van Dijk, it's imperative. <laughs> um, that um, we rest him when possible so he doesn't get injured because obviously coming back off that lengthy injury so yeah we're, we're looking okay I'm, I'm, I'm very content with things at the moment what was meant to be the group of death in the Champions League we've got a 100% record in there so I'm content um, with things at the moment just have to be watchful sometimes to keep the concentration at the back but looking forward to what the rest of the season holds mm. Well, gents, we've got a couple more games to talk about, but I just want to show you the uh, the league table at this moment in time. Um, and the reason why I'm doing this is because if you look at, say, the bottom teams, Southampton, Watford, Leeds, Burnley, Norwich, Newcastle, are we saying that Southampton aren't safe or even Everton? Because if you think about it, Burnley aren't going to give up without a fight. Norwich seems to be doing well. They got a good point against Wolves the other day. Newcastle will probably spend in January in Eddie Howe, knowing Eddie Howe will get them out of it, probably. Mm. Watford, all right, they lost 4-2 to, to Leicester, but Ranieri looks like he's, he's building something. We mentioned Leeds, but can Everton and Southampton get sucked in there? I, I think Southampton are going to have too much still. I think they've got yeah. enough goals in Armstrong and Grosjean, and um, then they'll, they'll have people chip in like... Um, Armstrong, Redmond, etc. I think that they'll have enough. But as I think Steve was insinuating earlier, Leeds have to watch out, you know. Mm. I, I, I always talk about in, when I was little, everyone talking about Middlesbrough were too good to go down and we all know what happened to them just because of a couple of names and obviously how their managers heralded. You have to score goals to win games and that's something that they're not doing at the moment. Burnley, however bad they look, always have a run where they just pull these results out of the bag and Max Okuna is doing a madness for them at the moment. Um, Watford, I don't know if defensively they're good enough, but Watford have got firepower. There's goals there. You've seen um, what's his face? It's Jao Pedro if come off the bench and score. Um, what's it called? Even if they've got Fletcher, Fletcher can't get minutes at the moment, but Emmanuel Dennis and Josh King are getting goals. Saar will get him goals. So don't be surprised if Ranieri somehow has them finish 17th. So someone unexpected is going to be dragged into it. I don't think it'll be Southampton. Don't think it will be um, Everton either. So I'm going to say Leeds need to fix up. Mm. <laughs> Seriously. Steve, when you saw the, the Leicester goal, the first one where Kong, the defender, ducked, as a, as a coach... What are you, what what can you you can't say what can you I can know you can say something so what would you say to him? He ducked instead of heading the ball. Head it, retreat and get it on your chest. Um, you someone gave him a shout, do you think the goalkeeper gave him a shout? Um you, first of all, Stella, I could probably just do this in one line quite comfortable. You only duck when there's pace on the ball. Ideally you don't duck at all, but mm. but but you duck with pace on the ball. Just get underneath it and it will just bounce home to your keeper. But the ball was dying. The ball had a had flight, it had no no legs, it had I think it had backspin. The ball was dying. It needed dealing with. Uh and obviously it'll be a mixture of bad communication and bad judgment. But 
you don't you don't duck ideally at all, but you only duck when pace is on the ball and there was none. Mm. Rod Brendan Rogers switched to four two three one. He ditched the three at the back. Um, is this a, a progressive manager we're talking about here, or is the fact that he knew that that system just didn't seem to be working for him? No, he's, he's, he's a good coach. He can adapt. You know, he's, he's obviously done that with, with the opposition he's seen. Uh, and he's obviously got the results. He's got four goals out of it. So, yeah, you know, I can't really tell you the, the correct answer. But, but you know, he's, he's a good coach. He's obviously looked at the situation and and tried something different. And, it, and it's worked. Or maybe he's seen something in the opposition that, that, that he liked. And he's done with that. So, you know, all players know how to play 4-4-2. So, it's not really difficult to go from three to four. It's the other way around. So, yeah, everyone's grown up playing four. So, and these, you know, Johnny Evans, these are, these are really experienced footballers. So, they should be able to adapt. And they did, and they got a good result. Finally, gents, Stephen Gerrard against Patrick Vieira, battle of the heavyweights. I'm not in the, not in the middle of the park anymore. Um, but Gerrard won that one, 2-1. Two very, very good goals, especially the second goal. But, Dee, what do you make of uh, Villa's first? The the takedown and the and the volley, well, the half volley, was it? Half volley. I think it was a volley. It was a, it was a half volley, wasn't it? <laughs> oh, 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 which one was a half volley? The first goal. What, Matt Target? I think yeah. he just, I think it hit touched the ground. I don't think it was half, half I think volley. he controlled half it, volley. went down and then... And here, I don't, I don't, if, I, I think you just shot through, but um, yeah, no, and I was talking about how I didn't know what um, Matt Target was doing the last time I was on it, I think, but maybe that goal will boost him, give him some confidence because he's not hit the levels, um, yet that he hit last season, um, so far. But now, Stevie's doing well when they beat Brighton last week, Brighton were the better team until. They got their first goal from late on from um, through Ollie Watkins. They were the better team here against Palace, from what I saw. And obviously, D Man was at the game as well, and he was just messaging just like this is poor, and he actually left early, so he didn't <laughs> see he, he didn't see that um way he scored um in the um like literally the last kick of the game to pull it back to two one. But Villa, you can see the intensity that Villa are playing with. McGinn is flourishing. Gerard might see a bit of himself in um, a little bit in McGinn. And um, uh, yeah, they, they, they do, they do, they do, I'm happy for him because obviously that's one of my, my favourite players ever, isn't it? But um, they just need to make sure when they play Liverpool that they lose, do they? <laughs> but no, Villa, Villa, they look okay. And it was a change that was needed because it looked like Dean Smith had run out of ideas. And as again, as Steve has mentioned, Numerous occasions. <laughs> if the technology worked, they wouldn't even still be in this division, mate. <laughs> you, know, you, know, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, uh, I don't know, Steve, whether calm is the best word or not, but they got that window against Man United. And after that, it was like the writing was on the wall. The football gods had had enough. <laughs> 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 had enough. Just the losing, losing, losing games. Your time's up. Just losing, losing, oh, losing mean. games. We know but, that. Uh, <laughs> Oh yes, we know. Oh, yes, <laughs> we're, we're we're like a mystic Meg on the show. You know, we, we get we get a lot right than we do wrong. In all fairness, and we because see they're, they're another team that have got money, so 
don't want some of the teams do not want them to squeeze into even if it's a Europa mm-hmm. Conference League place because then they're going to go out and they're going to uh, they're going to do they're going to do something. So we'll see. Yeah, but I think that's how they do Wednesday. Yeah, because they got you guys, haven't they? But that, 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 that'll be a measure. Let's see how they do Wednesday. <laughs> we, we, being serious, not not you know, we, be, be a, you know, he's got off to a great start. Yeah, uh, beating teams um, that, that you could that he could be. Yeah, let, let, let's have a good look at them Wednesday. Let's give them an examination Wednesday. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. All right, a couple quick things, very quick things. Got a question here, D. I think it's mostly for you, the guys at Gate Seven. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Gate Seven International Podcast, Olympia Goss fans. Um, comment on the Timikas Robertson situation at Liverpool. Scass is calling for. Cro- I see what you guys call him now. Gosta. Is that Gosta you call him? Cross. Gosta. Yeah. He's, look, I, I was that close, but then I brought something out to put in a piece on Zimmercast because still showed me with his links way before it even happened that obviously that we was going to get him. And I, the only time I'd actually seen him play properly in the game, Olympiacos played Arsenal in the Europa yeah. League two ago and defensively got caught out a few times. But going forward, man, he caused Arsenal some problems. And he's and really, and got really, oh yeah, they played Wolves as well, didn't they? And he's got really, really good delivery. But Liverpool fans are going mad. Robbo needed the rest. A lot of last season, he had in, in, um, issues with his ankle and whatnot. I think I was informed that he was on cortisone injections for a hot minute um, through last season, and he just needed a rest. But this is the competition that we want. Rather than pitting the two against each other, we should be happy that we've got a solid backup left back because we didn't before. And if Nico Williams can mature because he's playing more for Wells at the moment than he is for Liverpool, we'll have good backup on both sides because before it was like if you take certain pieces out of Liverpool's team, like you're done. But now if we get better backups in, and this is what I'm saying again, African nations, we will see what's going on. Um, if it happens. What, what they could do. True, true. There's rumours about it um, possibly not happening. But no, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a big fan of um, uh, Simicast, but no, Robbo still has to be the guy to me. And for anyone doubting him, Saturday's performance, he let them know defensively, attack-wise, he, he didn't put a foot wrong. He was just up and down the left, just killing it, man. Excellent. Gents, I don't want to talk about Messi getting the Ballon d'Or because I think that that fucking award is a, is a joke. I mean, they're, one of the uh, the criteria is based on the player's career. So it's not just what they did in 22 or 21, it's what they've done their whole career, which is nonsense. But I want to talk about what happened in, in Portugal. Did you guys hear that story with Belenense? Yeah. Losing 7-0 to, to Benfica. Belenense had 13 players Nine. Nine. with covid yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, nine players started. Why? Nine, why yeah, why did it go ahead anyway? Nine players and, then, and two goalies. Yeah, nine players and two goalkeepers. Then two players went off injured at half time, so they had seven. And then one player went off injured. Just so they had to stop it. Off. You got so to play six in it. You got so they had to so they had to stop. Not, should never have started in the first place. I thought something was up because I was rummaging through the odds, and then I saw that they were one over sixteen. So I thought, yeah, something's going on here. And then my friend sent me the team, and he said, yeah, only nine men started the game. Pathetic, absolutely pathetic. I mean, it's a fucking joke. Even Bernardo Silva came out and said something about it. Rui Costa, who's the, the technical director, said, "Listen, we just had to go go with it," but. I don't know what the Portuguese FA are doing because the way I see it now, Benfica have got a, a fantastic goal difference as a result. Mm. 
it's, it's, it's absolutely farcical. Rod, what did you make of it when you heard it? Oh, is he gone? Is he here? Is he there? He's everywhere. <laughs> Steve, tell us your thoughts. Um, I, I, I was following the game. 1-0, 2-0, 3-0. And I was, you know, don't have any interest in Portuguese football, but with total respect. But when it went to seven... I was starting to get excited, thinking I'll follow this. It could be twelve thirty and something I've never seen in my life. So it had my interest, and then it wasn't until the next day that I saw that it was nine men and it all fitted, and uh, the game was I'm not sure. Did, did did Benfica get the points? Yeah, they got the yeah. points. Yeah, points of goal difference. Points, yeah. Yeah. Wow. yeah. See, this is it now. For for me, this is a, a case of. Uh, a football association just not giving a shit about, you know, the, the, the smaller teams. Now, I don't know whether Benfica have some kind of power because obviously there's another two teams up there in, in Portugal, Sporting and, and Porto. But I don't know, something something is a bit fishy. Still, where's know. the U team players? I don't know. I don't why know. Seven, I mean, why don't seven of them get a call up and get an opportunity, which everybody dreams about? Well, see, this is the thing. I don't know about the the squad rules in right. that in, in Portugal because I know in, in different leagues, like for example, in Cyprus, you can okay. have twenty four players, and you can yeah. only have say six or yeah. seven foreigners, for example. Yeah. Okay. But if you want, if you've got another foreign player in your squad, sorry, if you got another player in your on your roster and you want them in your squad, you need to sell one of your foreign players. You don't just remove them from the squad. You have to sell them. So they're off the books completely. Now, I don't know in Portugal if there's a law that says you've got to be... I think as well, a lot of the teams, you know, like in Spain, they've got the B teams and they compete in divisions. They've got that in like um, Porto B and whatnot. And it counts as a transfer, doesn't it? Yeah, so I don't know whether or not Belenenses have got a second team and they played that weekend before that game with Benfica so they couldn't call them up because as he's saying that would have been the next best thing you flood the bench with and the other two spots in the starting lineup with some youth players right. and then they would have still lost but it, it's not going to it may have unlikely it would have been seven maybe two or three you know what I'm saying but okay. it's crazy absolutely crazy man Rod have you ever played a team that's had two goalkeepers on, on the pitch one as an outfield player and random Things like this. Have you ever played what? Sorry. Have you ever played against a team that's had two goalkeepers on the pitch, but one as an outfield player? Uh, no, no, no. It's just, yeah, it's just absolutely ridiculous. Like Stead says, where's the reserve players? Where's the, the youth players? Surely that's better than nothing. Gives some kid experience. Yeah, it's just a, it's a farce, really. Poor, poor for them nine players. You know, like to do, go out and and try and play a game, which is you know against the top side against Benfica. It's just it's a joke. It's not even like a it's not even like a pub league like Cyprus. This is a proper league like. <laughs> league. I had to throw that in. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the Brighton fans want you gone, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Oh, okay. Let's let's end it there. Let's end it there. I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> Roger, you're gonna send me some. You're gonna send me some abusive text messages now. <laughs> Man, I'm used to this. 
I'm used to this tomfoolery from him. <laughs> well, gents, thank you very much for your time. It's been another great show. D, do you want to promote your shit? <laughs> yeah, it sticks. No, okay. That was a dad joke. <laughs> that was a dad joke. That was that. Um, um, at, um, goodness me. At DD Footy Factory underscore on the Twitter. We go live at 10 a.m. on a Saturday morning on, on Top FM, 95.5 FM. Um, but if you live in the posh part of town, that's still, then, <laughs> now play, then um, it's probably best that you listen on uh, the TuneIn app or Simple Radio app. That's On Top FM. Um, the latest podcast is out with the King, the Godfather, still. Um, episode 18, Carrots at the Rule. You can get that on our SoundCloud or... If you're a Spotify auto boomed on, all our stuff is under the Shoot the Defense network as well. And um, uh, pick up my partner in Crime Demon. Yeah, this guy's saying the, the, the posh part of town. Yeah? <laughs> you know, man. Like you go, I go to South London. I feel like it's a time <laughs> <laughs> you know, I feel like Mike McFly. <laughs> <laughs> Right, that's it for another episode. We'll be back same time next week. So be safe and enjoy the midweek football. Ta-da.